Amen. And may that truly be your prayer and my prayer, that God would be glorified and lifted high in our lives. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Christian. Well, welcome to each one of you, and we're glad that you are joining us online today. Today, we're going to be looking at part two of the message, Your Victory is Coming. Last week, we looked at part one, and if you didn't get a chance to watch it, then I encourage you at some point this week to do so, to watch that message, part one. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to Joshua chapter 10, starting from verse 1. Joshua chapter 10, starting from verse 1, as we read this scripture passage. Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had captured and completely destroyed Ai and killed its king, just as he had destroyed the towns of Jericho and killed its king. He also learned that the Gibeonites had made a peace with Israel and were now their allies. He and his people became very afraid when they heard all this because Gibeon was a large town as large as the royal cities and larger than Ai. And the Gibeonite men were strong warriors. So Adonai Zedek of Jerusalem sent messengers to several other kings, Hoham, king of Hebron, Piram, king of Jamot, Japhia of Lachesh, and Debir of Eglon. Come and help me destroy Gibeon, he urged them, for they have made peace with Joshua and the people of Israel. So these five Amorite kings combined their armies for a united attack. They moved all their troops into place and attacked Gibeon. Verse 6. The men of Gibeon quickly sent messengers to Joshua at his camp in Gilgal. Don't abandon your servants now, they pleaded. Come at once. Save us. Help us. For are the, all the Ammonite kings who live in the hill country have joined forces to attack us. So Joshua and his entire army, including his best warriors, left Gilgal and set out for Gibeon. Do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal and took the Amorite armies by surprise. The Lord threw them into a panic, and the Israelites slaughtered great numbers of them at Gibeon. Then the Israelites chased the enemy along the road to Beth Horon, killing them all along the way to Azekah and Makedah. As the Amorites retreated down the road from Beth Horon, the Lord destroyed them with a terrible hailstorm from heaven that continued until they reached Azekah. The hail killed more of the enemy than the Israelites killed with the sword. On the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel, saying, Let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. Is this event not recorded in the book of Jeshar? The sun stayed in the middle of the sky and it did not set as on a normal day. 
There has never been a day like this one before or since when the Lord answered such a prayer. Surely the Lord fought for Israel that day. And then Joshua and the Israelite army returned to their camp at Gilgal. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, indeed, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather together to study your word and to hear from you. Lord, indeed, we pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds to truly listen to your Holy Spirit's leading. Lord, may you speak to us and may you help us, Lord. And so, God, we pray that you would just help us to be obedient to your spirit as you lead us and as you speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In part one of this message last week, as we looked at this scripture passage, I spoke about three specific points. Number one, sometimes battles may come our way because of the things God is doing in our life or where he is taking us. Number two, sometimes battles may come our way because of the people around us and those that we may be connected to. And number three, be reminded that God can give you victory before it's even in sight. Just to recap some of the things we talked about and some of those battles that we often face in life, and we can sometimes be facing them, and maybe you're even facing them right now. Some of those things that we may require victory over may be things such as COVID-19, it can be cancer or an illness that you or your loved ones are facing. It can be loneliness or depression or anxiety. It can be alcohol addiction or some other form of addiction. It can be pornography or finding a place to live. Grief or the death of a loved one. It can be dealing with family conflict and a lot of conflict at work. There may be different uh, examples of things that we need victory over. And some of those may be things that you are going through right now. But the bottom line is that no matter how big or how small our situations come to us, there are times where we truly can say that we need victory, that we truly need victory over certain situations in our life. The Amorites had attacked at Gibeon, and though they were skillful warriors, the Gibeonites needed help from Joshua and the Israelites. They needed help. They sent messengers asking them to help, and so learning about their situation, verse 9 tells us that Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal and took the Amorite armies by surprise. Now we read that and it sounds nice, right? It sounds nice that they stayed and, and they helped and, and they didn't run away. And so it was important that they go and that they help. And so the, the point was that they traveled all night in order to get to the Gibeonites to help them to take the army by surprise. Have you ever stayed up all night? Have you ever stayed up all night? Now, I'm not talking about, you know, staying up very late. 
I'm not talking about getting only a few hours of sleep in a night. I'm not talking about not sleeping well. I'm talking about not sleeping at all and still needing to function the next day. Imagine how tired, how exhausted, how weary Joshua and the Israelites were after traveling all night in order to get to their destination. And now that they have arrived, they weren't going to sleep or take a nap or rest. They were expected to fight a battle. They were expected to fight I'm sure that the last thing that they were expecting in the state of exhaustion that they must have been in was to win. They were worn out, tired, probably hungry, yet they expect they didn't expect victory, but that is what God gave them. He helped them to get victory. You see, sometimes our victory may come when we least expect it. Sometimes our victory may come at a time in our life, at a point and place when we least expect it to happen. Joshua needed to rely on strength and help that only God could give him. And there are times when you will experience or you have experienced some very exhausting and tiring times in life. Times when all that may be in sight at the moment are sleepless nights, stressful family situations and conflicts, emergencies, severe health challenges, tragic accidents, pain, and even darkness. There are times when we experience those points in our life and we go through and all we're left feeling may be defeated and discouraged, alone and weary and worn out. Yet in those times, in and through those times, in those darkest hours of the night, we can still experience victory. We can still experience some of our greatest victories. When we go through trials and challenges, we have two choices. We can either give up and accept defeat, or we can hold on and trust that God will take us through. We can hold on and trust him. I encourage you, choose to hold on. Hold on to God. Hold on to his promises. Hold on to his word. Hold on because even though weeping may endure for the night, joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. You know what the problem is? The problem is that sometimes we receive victory, but we don't even realize it. Because the way that we expect it to come, the way that we expect it to look may be different than how it comes into our lives. It may be different. You see, our perception of what victory is for us in our life, in our situation, may be misguided. Joshua and his men fought many battles. We know that. And before this one, and after this one. And God, yes, gave them victory. They experienced victory, including this one that we're talking about right now. 
And you may think, well, God fought for them, God gave them victory, and and so it's almost like that idea of them standing polished, well-dressed, not breaking a sweat, standing with their sword, fighting, because God was giving them victory. And if that's what you think it may have looked like, oh, how wrong you are. You see, Joshua and his men went through this battle fighting. They went through this, and just because God was on their side fighting with them and fighting for them didn't mean that it didn't require them to go through this battle. They went through it, and even though, stick with me now, even though they went through this battle and they were victorious, they would have been left with many scars, many bruises, many fractured and maybe broken bones, and even severed limbs they would have endured. They would have gone through a lot of pain and suffering, yet they were not destroyed. They still were left standing. The point is that life will not always be perfect. It will not always be flawless, and most of the time the truth is that it's not. You will go through things. You have gone through things. Things that have and will leave you scarred, emotionally bruised and maybe fractured. And sometimes it can feel like a part of you just has been severed and cut off. You will go through some of those times in your life. But God is still able to give you victory. You will not be destroyed. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9 remind us, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. You see, even when we go through those times and we're left with battle wounds emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, God is still able to help give us victory. We are still able to encounter God and he can give us victory, even in the most unlikely places, at the most unlikely times, your victory can come. It may not always look the way you want it to or the way you think it should, but God is able to give you victory. He is able to help you. You can have victory even when you don't think it's possible. Let me tell you, you can experience victory even in the midst of the divorce you're going through right now. You can have victory even in the time that you are battling that illness. You can experience victory even when your son or your daughter has rebelled against Even when you are going through a financial crisis, you can experience victory. You can experience victory no matter what you're going through, whether a very difficult, trying situation. God is able to give you victory. He is able to help you, and we will come out victorious. We will overcome 
It's amazing that uh, Andrea shared her testimony today by video. I didn't know exactly what she was going to say, but this is an example how even in the midst of our situation, God is still able to help give us victory. He's still help, able to help us overcome. Our victory can take time. It can cost us time, money, energy, and sometimes sleepless nights, but it doesn't mean that it won't come. Your victory is coming. Hold on. So after traveling all night to help the Gibeonites who were being attacked, the Amorites didn't expect Joshua and his people to come or come at the time that they did. Therefore, their army was caught off guard and by surprise. And we know that they would have been tired and needed to rely on God to give them strength, and that he did. Verse 10 says, the Lord threw them into a panic, and the Israelites slaughtered great numbers of them at Gibeon. Then the Israelites chased the enemy along the road to Beth Horon, killing them all along the way to Azekah and Makedah. As the Amorites retreated down the road from Beth Horon, the Lord destroyed them with a terrible hailstorm from heaven that continued until they reached Azekah. The hail killed more of the enemy than the Israelites killed with the sword. You see, God fought their battle for them, allowing them to win and to defeat their enemy. Yes, the Israelites helped do their part, but the hailstorm that God sent evidently killed out more of the enemy than what the Israelites did themselves. We can trust the Lord to fight our battles for us. We can trust him. We can trust the Lord to fight our battles for us. If God is fighting for you, then stop worrying. Stop panicking. Stop running in every direction to every other person. Instead, run to him because he is fighting for you and he is fighting with you. You see, we can trust God because he's never given us a reason not to trust him. We can trust him because he's faithful. And even when you can't see him, he's working. Even when you can't feel him, he's there. Even when there's no evidence of light in sight, it's coming because he's sending it. I trust him because he has proved himself faithful over and over and over. Trust God to fight your battles for you. Trust God because the God that we serve knows only how to triumph. He knows only how to win the battles that are placed in front of him. Trust him because he will never fail you. In another battle we read about in the Old Testament, God gave this message to a Levite to encourage King Jehoshaphat and the Israelites. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17, it says, You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. 
someone watching this today needs to be reminded you will not have to face this battle alone. You will not have to fight this battle alone. Stand firm and see God fight for you. Stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord. Stand firm on his word. Stand firm in your faith. Stand firm on his promises and see his hand move. When you're having a difficult time at work with your coworkers, God is able to help you. When you're dealing with difficult people, he is able to help you. When your family is against you, he's able to help you. When you try to do the right thing, but you may be being punished for it, he is able to help you. Stand firm and see God at work. If God is for us, who can be against us? He is on your side. He is able to fight your battles for you and with you. Your victory is coming. In 1992, Derek Redmond completed the 400-meter race in the Barcelona Summer Olympics. Although he had a strong start, disappointment came about 250 meters from the finish line. When suddenly, while he was running, his hamstring tore. In an instant, the pain hit him, causing him to begin hobbling to a halt and eventually hitting the ground in pain with tears gushing down his face. As medics made their way over to him, eyes of crowds in the stands quickly were drawn to a large man pushing his way through the crowds, fighting back security in order to get to the runner. The man desperately trying to get on the track to the runner was Derek's father. Getting to his son, the father helped him to stand up. And knowing how much the race meant to him and his son, the father said, son, we're going to finish the race together. The father wrapped his arms around his son and helped him hobble along the track, leading him to the finish line with a standing ovation of 65,000 people. Derek Redmond may not have finished in first place, but he managed to finish with the help of his father. You may wonder what made the father do this, to leave the stands and run to his son on the track. It was the pain on his child's face. The fact that his son was in need. His son was hurt and wanted to finish the race but couldn't. So the father came to help him finish. To do it together. You see, God is like that when he looks upon his children. And he sees the pain that we are going through. The hurt that we're experiencing. The fact that we're not able to be victorious on our own. That we're not able to fight the battle, to finish the race on our own. He comes to our rescue and he picks us up and says, we're going to do it together. We're going to do it together. He is able to help us finish. God comes and carries us through and helps us get to the finish line. He carries us to victory and he fights for us. During the battle, Joshua experienced victory that could only come from God. 
Whatever you're going through right now, be reminded that you are not alone, that God is with you and he stands with you. God is there and not only is he with you, but he is carrying you through to victory. You will experience victory. It's coming. Hold on. Joshua made a big request in the midst of the battle by praying a very big and bold prayer. He said, let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Ajalon. And you know what? God honored his request. It says in verse 13, so the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. Wow. Wow, what a miracle to experience. What a miracle of God answering Joshua's prayer and for them to be able to experience the supernatural, unlimited power of God. You see, they were determined to finish this battle. They were determined to be victorious. And it didn't matter how long it was going to take. They were determined to fight and to finish. There are two miracles that are recorded in this passage of scripture. One, God sending a hailstorm to kill the opposing army. And of course, we're not talking about regular hail that you and I sometimes experience when it rains. We're talking about giant balls of hail, so big, so heavy, in order to kill a human being. So God sent these hail storms to kill the opposing army. And the second miracle was the sun standing still and the moon staying in place. Now, while there are different opinions and interpretations on the statement that the sun stood still and how that may have occurred with the rotation and, you know, the the earth and all of that, you know, there are different uh, interpretations and, and opinions about it. But the bottom line is this. A miracle occurred that God sent. A miracle happened. So in all the debate... All of the opinions don't miss the point that God was able to do something that no one is ever able to do. Be reminded that God is still able to do the impossible. Be reminded, point number three, that God is still able to do the impossible. So many times I marvel, and you may marvel, at the miraculous things we read about in the Bible about the miracles that God did and the things that took place that could not be humanly possible, but it was only because of God. And sometimes we can have the mentality that God only did these things then. God only did these things for those people. God only did those things then. But the truth is that he is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And he is still able to do that to us, which seems impossible. 
the God who parted the sea, the God who turned water into wine, the God who healed the sick and gave sight to the blind, the God who restored and raised the dead is the same God who you and I have the privilege of calling upon, and he is still able to do the impossible. Don't forget that God is not limited to the same things that we are. After all, he's God and we're not. So what is it in your life right now that seems to be impossible? What is it right now that you're going through that in your mind you feel you cannot get through on your own? Call upon his name. Bring it to him in prayer. Trust him to do for you what may seem impossible. But he is a miracle-working God, and he is more than able. Trust him to do the impossible, because when all we see in front of us is the battle before us, God sees the victory that's coming. Your victory is coming. I want to tell you about the eagle. You may have seen an eagle before, pictures of an eagle But before I get to the eagle, I want to tell you sea snakes are extremely poisonous and can easily kill a scuba diver with its venom. Because of how dangerous the sea snake is, most creatures don't even attempt to hunt it. The snakes spend most of their time in the water, but because they don't have gills to breathe, they need to come up to the surface every so often in order for them to breathe. The white-bellied sea eagle's favorite food happens to be the sea snake. You see, eagles don't swim, so they wait for the snakes to come up to the water in order to breathe, and then they make their move. They wait for the snake to come up to the surface of the water, and as they wait and see it come up, they come down and snatch up the snake. The eagle doesn't land in order to fight the snake. It doesn't land in order to fight it. It picks it up and takes it into the sky. You see, the sea snake on the ground is powerful. It can harm, it can kill, it can destroy whatever may try to attack it. The eagle knows that the sea snake is powerful. And so it doesn't fight the snake on the ground like other predators may try to. It picks it up and takes it into the sky, changing the battleground. It changes the battleground because in the sky, the snake has no stamina, stamina, has no power, has no balance, and is helpless in the air. On the ground, the snake is powerful. It is feared and it is deadly. But in the sky, it is useless, it is weak, and it is vulnerable. If you want to experience victory, you need to change the battleground that you're fighting on.
You see, our battle is not against flesh and blood. And so we cannot fight our own battles in this life, in this world, the way that we may think that we need to. We need to take our battles into a different realm, the spiritual realm. And it's when we take our battles into a spiritual realm and we change the battleground in which we fight. The enemy has no power. The enemy has no stamina. The enemy is weak, and he is able to be defeated. And we need to trust God. Because when we take our battles into the spiritual realm, and we release them into the hands of God, he takes over, and he fights our battles for us. Because remember, the battle is not yours. It is the Lord's. Sometimes our victories may come when we least expect it. We can trust the Lord to fight our battles for us. And we need to be reminded that God is still able to do the impossible. Remember, your victory is coming. Trust God that you're going to see a victory. Don't just say it, but declare it in the mighty name of Jesus, that your victory is coming. Let us pray. Father, indeed, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, God, that no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, that you promise that you will always be there with us. We thank you, God, that not only are you there in the midst of the trials and the tribulations, but you are fighting for us and with us, that you are on our side. And so, God, we thank you that if you are for us, no one can be against us. We thank you, Father, for your promises, and we trust you, God. We trust you to help us. And so, Father, we pray that you would help us to look to you and not to our situation, not at the giant and the battle and the enemy that is before us, because we know that even in the most unlikely times, you are able to give us victory. We know, God, that you are able to send it. So, Lord, help us. Help us to know that you are there. Help fight our battles for us, because we know that the battles that we face are not against flesh and blood. And so, God, may you remind us of your power and your authority. We thank you that you are still in the business of performing miracles, that you are a miracle-working God, that you are able to do the impossible. We are limited, but you are not. And so, God, we declare, we declare victory. We declare victory in the name of Jesus. And so send it, God. Help us to see it. Help us to see that you are able. Help us to see that you are there. And we thank you for what you've done and for what you will continue to do in our lives and in our situations. In the powerful name of your son Jesus, we pray. Amen.